How do you prevent a toxic work environment? The truth is that if you're not taking action to prevent it, a toxic work environment can develop at any business. The good news is that there are specific actions you can take right now to prevent this from happening at your company. In this episode, we'll give you the five ways to prevent a toxic work environment. Welcome back to The Bootstrapper Show, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs scale their businesses with remote teams. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, with my co-host, husband, and co-founder of Anaquim, Jeremy Aspen, and we've helped hundreds of companies with highly skilled virtual assistants. So we're talking about the five ways remote professionals can fix toxic cultures at your business. So we've, we've had businesses where we work mostly remotely and mostly in office, and I, for one, really prefer the remote work. I like remote culturally. work, one for, the li- one for the freedom to do what you want. Um, but yeah, you know, and we've been working with the remote staff for since 2006, I think. No, 2008. With Veronica, uh, our first employee. And there are, uh, there are some things that really you can actually use to help make sure that the environment in your company is uh, far less toxic. And one of those ways, um, sexual harassment. Like, oh my gosh. Seems like maybe that's too nuanced and stuff, but, and, and it's not a complete, you can't, you're not gonna get rid of sexual harassment totally because you can still offend people by having sexual innuendo, making them uncomfortable. Or sending verbally. terrible memes. Yeah, sending dick pics and stuff like that. <laughs> Don't do that. But uh there's also no room for for misinterpretation of touch or hugs kisses anything like that because obviously there's not two physical people in the same room together and that takes uh takes care of a big chunk can i tell a funny story harassment yeah so at wistar group we had all the generations. We had a 20 year old all the way up to an 80 year old sales guy. And I remember we had a consultant come in and talk about sexual harassment and how working with intergenerationally, you know, some of the things that the older guys think, you know, don't translate well to like the younger people. And so the humor is different. She did a lovely job. So we, I was sitting in this training. I thought it was great. I was like, you know, we're going to be doing better. (laughs) And as soon as she left, she had a sheet that we all had to sign just to be like, yes, we received this training. And uh, she was going to give it to me. And then right afterwards, one of the maintenance guys was like, hey, I got a joke for you. And it was a total sexually sexual (laughs) charged joke. And I was like, did we not just do this training, you guys? We just did this training. So none of that, none of that. You do still have to be careful again. Like, uh, I was in a meeting probably about two weeks ago, and um, someone brought up something sexual. I was like, "Oh, damn it!" I mean, it wasn't like they're like, "Hey, you want to do it?" But they were, you know, they, they were, you know, it's just not perfectly appropriate. And I was like, oh, "Okay, well." So it's not a fail-safe, right? Um, although it is fail-safe in terms of litigation. Probably. I mean, it's not fail safe. No, I mean, even in those terms, you can still intimidate people using your words, emails, all the ways. I mean, you can create a toxic environment, but it's still still so much better and easier to manage people when you're remote in that capacity. And so then kind of dovetailing into a number two, I would say processes and procedures, because the whole organization is necessarily dependent on there being 
the better uh, an organization is stronger if it's working remote, so long as it has uh, methodology, kind of a strict methodology to help ensure that you know what the person is doing and how they're doing it, and especially with the uh, bookends for time, so you can kind of understand how they're doing time-wise. Um, so just having those processes and procedures and that that necessary structure prevents a whole bunch of, of toxic problems, potential toxic issues. Yeah, I agree. So a lot of issues where employees get mad at each other is like when you're getting in their lane or, you know, uh, micromanagement or things like that. And I think having really good processes and procedures written down, which remote work requires, it requires you to do best practices. For example, when you're working in an office and you overhear someone being rude to a tenant or an owner, you're like overhearing it and that's how you give them the feedback. But when you're working remote, you have to have call monitoring forms or a call monitoring process. And so the feedback is more organized and clear. And when you use processes and procedures to manage people, you are less likely to get those nepotism, you know, uh, or you're unfair, you're managing them differently than you're managing me. All those kinds of things that happen in an office just aren't as prevalent. At all, yeah. Um, uh, You know, part and parcel to that is huddles. Or, you know, having regular meetings because you're going to, if you have a remote team, you're more than likely going to have regularly scheduled meetings. Uh, and on, I would suggest video meetings mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis so you can maintain, kind of get an understanding of what they did yesterday, what they're doing today, and what the obstacles are so that you as that team can kind of help organize whatever needs to be done to help someone not have an obstacle. Um, so that, and that's partially, you know, kind of already covered in processes and procedures, but having those regular meetings, uh, in that way helps to reduce the potential, uh, mis- misinterpretation of expectations because it's some sort of a regular, uh, of regular contact that they're going to have with uh, their peers. And, uh, if you're doing it right, their boss, which is on the call. Yeah, and in that huddle, you can do the niceties like that you would have at the water cooler. Like, hey, what's good news? What'd you do yesterday? Oh, I made, you know, cucumber ice cream. Oh, that sounds exciting. You know, so you can make the boring seem exciting and have those niceties. And I really, I lean into that five minutes of wasted time because. Well, I don't think it's wasting time. And if you look at your people, that might be the only time if they have a really operational role or they have a marketing role where they're mostly just alone all day, that might be the only time they talk to anybody at work. So taking five minutes to just talk about the salsa lesson or the football team or driving your kids to Taekwondo is completely useful. And you can also manage that, to Jeremy's point, with bookends. So you're not saying anything inappropriate in those five minutes of banter because you're on a call that has a point, has a beginning time and end time, so you're not wasting extra time. And you're going to be appropriate in those five minutes. I mean, it just creates an environment where people aren't ridiculous. Yeah, they're not they're ridiculous. They kind of appreciate the time because it is condensed. It's not like you have to come up with small talk. One of the things we do in ours is uh, uh, yesterday's biggest success. 
And that's kind of a nice one too, because then you kind of start the meeting off with, oh, okay, well, here's what I did. And, you know, able to kind of gloat a little bit and give, hey, congratulations, good work. Um, and then we go into today. Like, what are you going to be working on today? Do you need anything from us? Okay, let's do it. And it's just such a clarifying, it's just such a nice, clear way to articulate what's been done and what expectations are for the day. And that keeps it pretty work focused where you can't get in too much trouble with the toxic yeah. approach. Yeah. Um, I think this one, well, actually you brought up the water cooler. So the, that's another uh, way that you can kind of control toxicity in, in the company. There's uh, the, the water cooler talk that Gwen brought about, but kind of expanding on it a little bit to preserve people's time, like the quality of time they have at work. Back in the day, not that long ago, pre-pandemic, people wanted to play ping pong at work. At work, they wanted to drink beer at work. I don't think that's true. I mean, I went into some of those workspaces, those things <laughs> where they had ping pong tables and stuff or, or pool tables. And I just never had an experience where people were like, hey, you want to play pool or you want to play ping pong? <laughs> During work? No, I don't. And I don't, I mean, I, I get the idea that, oh, you know, keep people at the office and build, build established relationships and everything. But I think at the end of the day, I know that a uh, company you used to work at, they had as much as they could do to make it so you didn't have to leave the campus, uh, so you made work more a part of your life. Like they had dry cleaning and everything at, on campus. People want to go home. Well, they did it at Cerner, but there were so many HR issues at that company. Oh, yeah. That was an HR. Although you got to be careful with the-, the I'm just the, saying. Yeah. It's true. At the time, this in, is a in your opinion. years ago, in my opinion- There you go. There were a ton of HR issues at that company. And so here's the deal. If you are playing ping pong and drinking beer at work, people are going to unnecessarily touch each other. Yeah, <laughs> so, so. that could be misinterpreted because, you know, of course or, you- Or not misinterpreted. Or not just misinterpreted. a poor choice. You're just drunk and now you make so poor anyway, choices. Here's my thing. I think after the pandemic, like that was a pre-pandemic thing, like, oh, work forever, go, go home at eight o'clock. I don't think anyone wants that anymore. The restaurants are telling us that people want to go to bed at a reasonable hour because even dinner reservations are earlier. People don't want to do as much socializing after work. Um, if you ask any event planners, the events that they're planning are much shorter. And also, people want to be more focused at work, get their stuff done. And I think that's the trend that we're seeing, which is great for uh, non-toxic environments and also is in line with this remote work where people just want to focus eight to five and get their stuff done and then be out the door and live their life. And I think that's good for a, a functional work environment. People talked about, we're a family at work. For so long, you're not a family. Like, it's just not true. Let's not lie to each other. We're here to get a job done. We're here to accomplish big goals and um, you know big vision, but you're supposed to have a life outside this. Yeah, they. Uh, if you're a purpose-driven company especially, then allowing your employees to have a more distilled environment to be able to accomplish the purpose would not nece would necessarily not have as many weird little interactions like ping pong and 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 beer because that's not part of your purpose. That's not what the objective of their day is supposed to be. 
They need to be able to spend energy, spend their time doing the things that helps the company accomplish its purpose, not dicking around, playing pool. And I just, that one, yeah. So Well, and I think people are confused because that wasn't that long ago that that was, was the not. ideal. Um, and so now sentiments have changed. This sentiment that no one wants to hang out at work till eight o'clock at night and waste an hour in the middle playing ping pong is fantastic for remote work. Remote work isn't going to reduce your culture, which is the fear because you don't have that. No one wants to do that anyway. So just if you're worried that you don't have culture because you don't have a ping pong table because everyone's remote, just take that off your worry list yeah. because no one wants that crap anymore anyway. And the family thing, it's probably worth mentioning um, like, so in South America, when I was down there back in the nineties, um, there was this, there's this understood rule that, you know, the, it's the indigenous population is usually serving as the, the maids and, um, you are supposed to take them and their families as your own, as a family member, but it breaks down and it's largely true. I mean, the family that is hiring them pays for their school and all that. It's, it's similar. It's uh, it's kind of like a work relationship because the moment there's a large infraction, like they steal, like in my case, they, someone stole money from me, they're gone. So, and if it's truly family, they're not gone. And that so that's just kind of a way to distinguish the difference between are you a family or are you like a coherent group of professionals that have a single purpose to work together and make the world a little bit better. It's it's substantial. You don't have to be family members or, or act like family in order to um, have a strong culture. To have a very very strong culture. Yeah. Um, the other one's kind of funny. It's uh, personal habits. So I mean, so, okay. So this is like we're saying that personal habits is one of the things that is good about remote work is you don't have to deal with someone's disgusting food in the microwave. Uh huh. I mean, people are kind of gross. Like. People clip their nails at the office. No, thank you. Please yeah. do that at home. And so these things really cause legitimate problems in an office environment. Yeah, especially if you're a really bad farter. Your neighbor has Ursa stink or something. Just it's you know, it's just one less thing to worry about. You're not gonna run into that. You can be a super farter on the other side of a camera. It just doesn't matter. It's not gonna affect business. <laughs> or anything. People won't have to leave the room just to let it air. <laughs> that, it's not like that's ever happened, but you know. <laughs> well, when you hire people, you don't ask about those things. So that's the kind of stuff you find out about later once they're in your office eight hours a day and you're like, no fish. No fish in the microwave. No fish. Why are you disgusting? Like, put your dishes away. Like, how many offices you're like... <laughs> have a big sign that's like put your dishes away because that's because people are jerks you're in charge of your own dishes <laughs> yeah right yeah they're not in charge of their own dishes they're gonna let somebody once in a while do their do their own dishes coffee you know not no what are the tragedy of the commons yeah like yeah they're not you're not gonna have this like perfectly pure uh, environment where it's like, oh, I cleaned this fork. I'm gonna, or I ate with this fork. I'm gonna clean it up. Now, usually they're gonna put it in the sink, and then hopefully someone's just like, ah, oh, gotta clean this up. That's always what happens. And it's the worst. So anyway, you don't have that causing conflict in your office. So there's if a, you work remotely. If you work remotely, and so I mean, real quick, uh, sexual harassment, not an issue. 
You got to have processes and procedures to help make sure that your company is streamlined and everybody can operate remotely anyway. And this almost re remote work almost forces that issue, which will make your company much stronger. Uh, huddles and the structure of meetings and the the contact points you actually have with that person are more distilled because they have a purpose. You know every day what it is you're going to be talking about, or every week in the case of a level ten. If you know what I'm talking about, look up EOS. Uh, those are things that um, help make sure that the communication with everybody is more uh, refined and less subject to confusion. Um, personal habits, you know, Bobby B.O. <laughs> isn't going to be causing you any problems. And uh, the water cooler talk, the ping pong tables, the stuff like that are not having that around, not feeling like some sort of attraction that is either being neglected or something someone has to do once in a while just to use that uh, 40 square foot of space in the office. Not something you have to concern yourself with. And also just so happens people don't really, I don't think, I haven't seen any studies, I don't think they even want it. Well, one other thing that I think is really important to mention is nefarious activity has statistically been down with remote work. They did a study on mm -hmm. bankers and bankers commit less fraud when they work remotely by five times, five times less fraud. Oh, and so, that so uh, when you don't have a friend who's like in a cubicle next to you, you can't like come up with a nefarious idea to defraud the company as easily as what that study said. And I think we can back that up um, uh, anecdotally. So of our like uh, 1,200 employees over the course of whatever, since the last five, six years we've been in business, um, we've had one instance of there being like legitimate fraud, but that's one person out of that many. It and is, this is over, well, if you take it since 2008 when we started doing Oh, this. then yeah. yeah I mean, we've even only more. had one case of someone using a credit card uh, unauthor in an unauthorized way, one, just happened once. And, th and that's a big concern for people. Oh, if I hire people remotely, you know, there's gonna be a bunch of fraud. And that's just not our experience. At all. So, so anyway, remote work doesn't uh, make your environment less toxic, or doesn't make your environment toxic. It actually improves your environment, improves your uh, communication, improves your processes and procedures, and makes for less drama at work, and um, prevents, for, in most cases, a toxic environment. And the fact of the matter is that remote work is here to stay forever. And so just so you know, when you if you haven't uh, taken that leap yet, it's only a leap about this high and uh, very low risk with a lot of upside. Team building is essential to preventing a toxic work environment and building a successful business. We put together 20 ways to build team synergy and empower your remote teams, and you can download it for free. The link is in the show notes.